Welcome back to episode 91 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today in the podcast, as you know, occasionally I like to view movies and kind of give a breakdown of the movie to check the archetypes, the lessons, the teachings, and the philosophy in that given movie. And the movie that we're going to be breaking down today is an iconic movie that was filmed in 1999, and that movie is Fight Club with Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, which is a masterpiece of a movie. And my breakdown, a lot of uh, times you'll hear people talk about the movie, specifically Fight Club, and they'll get into, you know, the whole metaphor of the fighting and just different, you know, this meant this and that meant that. But this movie is way beyond any type of individual subjective interpretation by any individual person. This movie as I view it and as I see it, is actually the Tao of all movies, the Tao Te Ching of all movies, the yin and yang of movies, darkness and light, and subject to your own individual interpretation as it hits you uh, subjectively as an individual. This movie is extremely deep and profound. And as the years go on and I watch it, it actually hits me at deeper and deeper levels. This movie is incredible, this movie. So... Before we get into that, uh, I'd like to direct people to my website, which is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. And on my website, you will see links to my Instagram, links to my YouTube, links to my Etsy store, where you can now purchase, I am beginning to sell promotional t-shirts, merch, promotional t-shirts for the podcast, Alpha Male Buddhist Podcast, and you can go onto my website and see the different t-shirts which are selling for ten dollars now any t-shirt that you see there's 12 for sale there so any shirt that you see there that's listed for ten dollars i can actually make a hoodie for you for the same price as of ten dollars it's promoting my show so i can make a hoodie so what you do is go and order the shirt you know color there's 12 styles and i think three different colors so order it blue blue black and gray i believe and possibly white Order it on Etsy and I will make that shirt into a hoodie for you. Just shoot me an email when you put the order in on Etsy and just say, hey, you know, on the podcast you mentioned I can make this into a hoodie and I will do that for you. Just make sure you shoot me up email and I will do that for you and make it into a hoodie. So, yeah, visit my website and check it out. There's links there to everything. So now let's uh, get into this breakdown. So as I said, the movie Fight Club was put out in 1999 based on a book by the same name, Fight Club, by the author Chuck Palahauk and directed by David Fincher. So just to give them their credit. And this is all Creative Commons fair use on this episode, YouTube and the podcast. So as the movie begins, we're introduced to the two main characters of the movie, which are Ed Norton which is the narrator. He basically does not have a name in the movie. He just narrates the movie and speaks. Loosely, he kind of uses the name Jack as a result of a book that they read or something like that, but basically he's known as the narrator. And the second character is Tyler Durden, played by Brad Pitt. And the twist of this movie is, as you get to the end of the movie, they're actually the same person because Tyler Durden is the alter ego of Ed Norton, the narrator. 
So as the movie opens, we see the narrator, Ed Norton, sitting in his living room, flipping through an Ikea catalog. And he comes across what I believe is a lamp, and he asks himself the question, does this lamp define me as a person, or how does this lamp define me as a person? Which is a testament to where he's at as far as his life goes. He wants to match his furniture with his lifestyle to make sure it integrates with his shoes and his shirt and the tie and his wardrobe so that he can be the consummate, ultimate brainwashed consumer. So this is displayed very clearly in just the way he is expressing himself sitting there flipping through this catalog. And you can, you in this movie, you really have to read between the lines on a lot of things because it doesn't just hand it to you. It Again, it kind of suggests it to you so you can follow along even the twist at the end when you find out that Tyler Durden and the narrator are the same person again it's not really handed to you there are people that watch this movie and don't even get that part at the end movie is really cerebral so again the narrator is Mr. Boring Ikea catalog flipping McDonald's biscuit sniffing go to work stamp in the time clock and stamp out go home Flip through a catalog, consume, and go back to work again on Tuesday. Rinse, wash, and repeat. This is his life. Cookie cutter stamped out. And just typical of what our civilization, what our society is today. We're just being trained to work, follow instructions, and consume. That's the beauty of this movie. Is the whole essence of the yin and yang of the fighting and the consuming and the brainwashing and the individual self-expression that's embodied in this movie so that's that character that's the narrator character played by ed norton on the flip side we have another character by the name of tyler durden who is ed norton or the narrator's alter ego and this guy just wants to fight and destruct and just throat kick philosophy and just go against the grain of everything what he basically does is cut across everything that the narrator Ed Norton believes in. So the easiest way I believe to really break this movie down is I'm going to play clips from the movie and then I'll just give a little commentary on the clips as we go through it. So let's get into it. Like so many others, I had become a slave to the IKEA nesting Welcome instinct. Uh, yes, I'd like to order the Erica Picari dust ruffles. If I saw something clever, like a little coffee table in the shape of a yin yang, I had to have it. The Klipsk personal office unit, the Hovatrek home exerbike, or the Ohanashov sofa with the string green stripe pattern. Even the Rizlampa wire lamps of environmentally friendly, unbleached paper. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder, what kind of dining set defines me as a person? I had it all, even the glass dishes with tiny bubbles and imperfections, proof that they were crafted by the honest, simple, hard-working indigenous peoples of wherever. I was holding. We used to read pornography. Now it was the Horchow collection. No. You can't die for insomnia. So in this first clip, we see the narrator flipping through the IKEA catalog again, asking himself, how does this dining room set define me as a person? So it's pretty self-explanatory just seeing this clip, how it sets the tone for the movie, where the narrator is just completely on one side, 
um, once that mentality where he is just a cog in the machine of this consumer-driven existence, society, uh, lifestyle, just being dictated to him, t telling him to consume, and he follows. That's what he does. And what he does is basically work to make money to consume. Doesn't live a self-realized life, doesn't live a self-fulfilled life, because his fulfillment comes through his possessions. As Again, as his possessions define him as a person. So that's, that's the opening clip of the movie. On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. I was a recall coordinator. My job was to apply the formula. Occasionally in for the wind to the windshield. Three points. A new car built by my company leaves somewhere traveling at 60 miles per hour. The rear differential locks up. The teenager's braces are wrapped around the backseat ashtray. Might make a good anti-smoking ad. The car crashes and burns with everyone trapped inside. Now, should we initiate a recall? The father must have been huge. You see where the fats burned to the seat? Probably has a shirt. Very modern art. <laughs> Take the number of vehicles in the field, A, multiply it by the probable rate of failure, B, then multiply the result by the average out-of-court settlement, C. A times B times C equals X. If X is less than the cost of a recall, we don't do one. Are there a lot of these kinds of accidents? You wouldn't believe. Which car company do you work for? A major one. So as you heard in the last clip, basically human lives are reduced down to a formula or a calculation of liability by the auto manufacturer. If they can save money at the expense of people's lives, then that's the direction that they're going to go when we're reduced to just an equation or formula and lives don't matter anymore. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. And, it, you know, you see it as a movie clip and, you, you know, you see it as, hey, you know, wow, that's crazy. But this is really the way uh, these insurance companies and these manufacturers really operate. It's really, really sad and, and it's just the way it is. We're just reduced down to just binary code. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on. Do me just one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that, that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. So come on. Hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh, God. This is crazy. You should go crazy. Let her rip. Hey, I don't know about this. I don't either, but who gives a shit? No one's watching. What do you care? Wait, what? This is crazy. You want me to hit you? <laughs> that's right. What, like in the face? <laughs> Surprise me. This is so fucking stupid. Oh. Motherfucker! You hit me in the ear! Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. Ow! Christ! By the ear, man! Oh, I fucked it up. No, oh, that was perfect.
this is probably one of the most classic scenes in, in the whole movie, probably in, in all movies. And it's, again, as you just saw in the previous clip, you know, Tyler Durden is telling the narrator to hit him. And again, the classic line there is, how much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. And the way I take this, one of the ways I take this, it doesn't have to be a literal, actual fight where you're fist fighting with somebody. But when you're in a struggle and the only way to get out of that struggle is to rely on your own resources. Many people live lives where they don't uh, engage in any type of struggle. And how, how could you know what you're made out of if you've never really had to struggle and, 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 and pull yourself out? Whether in a fight or whether in a metaphorical fight for your career or just to better your life or to get out of a circumstance that you're in. So that's why I'm saying this movie can be broken down at so many levels. It's it's an amazing scene, and then at the end they're sitting there going back and forth, and it's it's, it's crazy. This movie, I'm telling you, it's, it's it's incredible, man. What it's really doing at this point, the movie is it's shattering pretty much everything that you've believed in, as far as watching, you know, a family on a picnic, eating fried chicken out of a basket with a checkerboard patterned, you know, tablecloth type shit. Basically what this movie is doing is it's shattering the myth. It's challenging the viewer to see the world in a way that he may have never observed the world before. It's deep in metaphor, it's deep in meaning, and it's just, it's kind of like altering our way of thinking. And again, as I, I like to say, shattering the myth. And I really love the part where uh, Brad Pitt is like jumping up and down, getting himself all amped up and getting his adrenaline flowing because he wants this guy to punch him in the face or, you know, whatever. But it's crazy, man. I, this movie's amazing. Man, I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential. And I see squandered. God damn it, an entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Again, this is one of those real classic scenes of the movie Fight Club where Brad Pitt is addressing and talking to the club, you know, before they get into it, into their uh, fighting or whatever they do in a basement, a dark basement, which is, to me, that basement and that darkness is a metaphor for, again, struggling in life to get what you need and to get where you need to be. And the classic line here, one of the really classic lines is that um, all of us here, we're working jobs that we hate to buy shit we don't need how you're being brainwashed by television that, you know, at some point you're going to be 
living this, you know, fulfilled life, this fantasy life with everything that you need, and you're slowly realizing that it's all an illusion and it's just all bullshit, and we're all very, very pissed off. All I could say is uh, they could never make this movie today the way we have everything set up, all, you know, snow, flaky, and just soft, you know, but this movie, you know, especially if you, you have a, a son or there's a young man that's making his way, you know, through life and like learning what it is to be a man or to be an adult, really, they should really be watching this movie and breaking it down. And then when they finish watching the movie, they should rewind it and go to the beginning and watch the movie all over again. You know, man, it could be worse. A woman could cut off your penis while you're sleeping and toss it out the window of a moving car. There's always that. I don't know, it's just when you buy furniture, you tell yourself, that's it, that's the last sofa I'm gonna need. Whatever else happens, I've got that sofa problem handled. I had it all. I had a stereo that was very decent, a wardrobe that was getting very respectable. I was close to being complete. Shit, man, now it's all gone. All gone. Mm. All gone. You know what a duvet is? Comfort. Blanket. Just a blanket. Now, why do guys like you and I know what a duvet is? Is this essential to our survival? In the hunter-gatherer sense of the word? No. What are we then? Consumers. Right. We are consumers. We are byproducts of a lifestyle obsession. Murder, crime, poverty, these things don't concern me. What concerns me are celebrity magazines, television with 500 channels, some guy's name on my underwear. Rogaine, Viagra, Olestra. Martha Stewart. Fuck Martha Stewart. Martha's polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's all going down, man. So fuck off with your sofa units and string green stripe patterns. I say never be complete. I say stop being perfect. I say let, let's evolve. Let the chips fall where they may. That's me. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a terrible tragedy. Uh, it's just, it's just stuff. It's not tragedy. Well, you did lose a lot of versatile solutions for modern living. Fuck, you're right. No, no, it's my... My, my insurance is probably gonna cover it. So. What? The things you own end up owning you. Do what you like. One of the issues with this movie is pretty much every scene that you flick through, you end up saying this is like the best scene in the movie. But this movie is just chock full of one-liners and just classic lines from beginning to end. And in this scene, you know, Norton and Brad Pitt are sitting in a bar having a couple of beers talking about uh, Ed Norton is getting into his materialism. And how he almost had a complete wardrobe and he was almost a perfect consumer. And Brad Pitt is talking about just let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, not living a perfect life. And again, the classic line on this one is Brad Pitt looks at the narrator and says to him, The things that you own end up owning you. Enough said. What is this? 
This is a chemical burn. Ah. Ah. It'll hurt more than you've ever been burned, and you will have a scar. What are you doing? Guided meditation worked for cancer. It could work for this. Stay with the pain. Don't shut this out. No, no, no. Look at your hand. The first soap was made from the ashes of heroes, like the first monkey shot into space. Without pain, without sacrifice, we would have nothing. I tried not to think of the word serum or flesh. Stop it! This is your pain. This is your burning hand. It's right here. I'm going to my cave. I'm going to my cave. I'm going to find my power. No! Don't deal with it the way those dead people do. Come on! I get the point of that No, what you're feeling is premature and light. It's the greatest moment of your life, man. And you're off somewhere missing. I am not. Shut up. Our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers bailed, what does that tell you about God? Listen to me. You have to consider the possibility that God does not like you. He never wanted you. In all probability, he hates you. This is not the worst thing that can happen. It isn't. We don't need him. We don't agree. I agree. Fuck damnation, man. Fuck redemption. We are God's unwanted children. So be it. Listen. You can run water over your hand and make it worse. Or look at me. Or you can use vinegar to neutralize the burn. Please let me have it, please. First, you have to give up. First, you have to know, not fear. Know that someday you're gonna die. You don't know how this feels. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. One step closer to hitting bottom. And what we see in this scene is a crystallization of what it is to be human and what it is to face your fears. We see Ed Norton or the narrator being subjected to the metaphor of death, the metaphor of pain, and the metaphor of suffering. And as it says in the Tao Te Ching, a man should feel comfortable where other people are uncomfortable, like water, because water is, by subduing itself to a thousand mountains, has dominion over a thousand valleys. So we really need to have an understanding of the realization that at some point we will die, and nature of life is to go through suffering but he says be in the moment and stay with this don't walk away from this fear and don't walk away from this pain realize what is in this moment happening to you right now and that is going to be your gateway to salvation to truth and to enlightenment Brad Pitt says to Ed Norton the narrator stay with me the pain in the moment is what you're feeling right now is the only thing that really matters and it's your path to enlightenment it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Very, very Taoist. Stop, what are you doing? Come on. Can't find your back? God. Give me your wallet. Raymond K. Essel, 1320 Southeast Banning, Apartment A. Small cramped basement apartment, Raymond. How did you know? Because they give shitty basement apartments letters instead of numbers. Raymond! You're going to die. 
Is that your mom and dad? Mom and dad are gonna have to call up kindly Dr. So-and-so. Pick up your dental records, wanna know why? Because there's gonna be nothing left to face. Oh, come on. Come An expired on. community college student ID. What'd you study, Raymond? Stuff. Stuff? Where the midterms are? <laughs> I asked you what you studied. Biology mostly. Why? I don't know. What did you want to be, Raymond K. Hessel? The question, Raymond, was what did you want to be? Answer him, Raymond. Jesus. Veterinarian. Veterinarian. Animals. Yeah, animals. So... Good stuff. Yeah, I got that. That means you have to get more schooling. Too much school. Would you rather be dead? No. Would you rather die here on your knees in the back of a convenience store? Keeping your license. Gonna check in on you. I know where you live. If you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian in six weeks, you will be dead. Now run on home. Run, Force, run! I feel ill. Imagine how he feels. Come on, this isn't funny. That wasn't funny. What the fuck was the point of that? Tomorrow will be the most beautiful day of Raymond Castle's life. His breakfast will taste better than any meal you and I have ever tasted. You had to give it to him. Come on. He had a plan. And it started to make sense in a Tyler sort of way. No fear. No distractions. The ability to let that which does not matter truly slide. In this scene, what you're seeing in reality is like an inner dialogue that any person looking to maximize their life and achieve goals in their life is going to ask themselves. So what Brad Pitt, in essence, is doing is challenging Raymond to fulfill his own potential, for Raymond to fill, fulfill Raymond's own potential. So he laid down the gauntlet and said, I'm going to keep tabs on you. And if in six weeks you're not enrolled in school, as you could see in the dialogue, you know, I'm going to whatever, whatever he threatened him. But the classic line on this one was Ed Norton looks at him perplexed and says, you know, why'd you do that to Brad Pitt? And, and, and you know, to quote, he said, tomorrow will be the most beautiful day of Raymond's life. His breakfast will taste better than any meal we've ever eaten. And what can you say? This is some real, real heady shit. How many of us should have a moment like this in our own lives where we challenge ourselves to achieve and to just motivate and push ourselves past the point of pain and past the point of excuses and past the point of weakness, weakness of mind, body, and soul, and just go to where we need to go to the extreme, be in the moment, and just just suck it up and do what we need to do to get get to where we need to get to. So, tremendous scene. What did you just say? What is wrong with you? What did you just call me? Say my name. Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden, you fucking freak. What's going on? I'm coming over. No, wait, Ty Marla, I'm not there. <sighs> you broke your promise. Jesus, Tyler. You fucking talked to her about me. Tyler, what the fuck is going on here? I ask you for one thing. One simple thing. Why do people think that I'm you? Answer me! 
shit. Answer me, why do people think that I'm you? I think you know. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Why would anyone possibly confuse you with me? Do not fuck with us! Say it. Because... Say it. Because we're the same person. That's right. We are the all-singing, all-dancing crap. I don't understand this. You were looking for a way to change your life. You could not do this on your own. All the ways you wish you could be, that's me. Look like you want to look, I fuck like you want to fuck. I am smart, capable, and most importantly, I'm free in all the ways that you are not. Oh no. Tyler's not here. Tyler went away. Tyler's gone. What? This is impossible. No. This is crazy. People do it every day. They talk to themselves, they see themselves as they'd like to be. They don't have the courage you have to just run with it. Naturally, you're still wrestling with it, so. Sometimes you're still you. We should do this again sometime. Other times you imagine yourself watching me. If this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Little by little, you're just letting yourself become Tyler Durden. You are not your child! So this is near the finale of the movie where the narrator comes to the realization that he and Tyler Durden are the same person and that Tyler Durden is his alter ego and it culminates in his alter ego or Tyler Durden telling the narrator that you could not do this on your own and that little by little you let yourself become Tyler Durden and it's pretty self-explanatory in this scene the narrator was living such a sheltered pre-programmed, pre-packaged synthetic life that the only way for him to get escape from this and realize the self and who he is is to develop this alter ego and become the person that he needed to be. It's a pretty tremendous metaphor and tremendous, tremendous twist in the movie. So... This is going to kind of wrap it up for this episode of the breakdown of Fight Club. I could have went on more extensively and, and, and talk about, you know, different points of the movie. But as I said in the beginning, this movie needs to be interpreted at a very, very subjective, individual level. What it means to you. It's the yin and yang of all movies. It's showing you the darkness and the light. One other little thing too, this movie is not to be misinterpreted where you need to, you know, be insane and punching people in the face and all this stuff. It's not what it means at all, but it's just a metaphor for the extremes of everything. And what we need to really look to do is find our truth within all of the bullshit that's being tossed to us. You don't want to be, you want to follow the middle way and you don't want to be too far on either side in the sense of, you know, being over aggro alpha crazy and you don't want to be the passive guy flipping through the ikea catalog the truth kind of lies as aristotle says in the middle way in the mean so again hopefully you enjoyed this breakdown of fight club and uh, thank you for listening and namaste
Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.